Have you always wanted to be that cool music teacher who knows how to play the ukulele and rocks it out with your students? Well, then I have a fantastic masterclass just for you. On September 25th, I will be holding a masterclass called How to Plan Your Ukulele Unit in 30 Minutes. And legit, I am going to show you and tell you how to do that, along with some good tips and tricks on teaching your students how to play the ukulele. Join me on September 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 6 p.m. Central, and you can sign up by going to storiesthatsing.net forward slash free uke masterclass. See you there. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. elementary music teacher who's frustrated and overwhelmed. I'm Jeanette Shorey, a happy music teacher who loves teaching every day, but it wasn't long ago I was in your shoes. Join me Wednesdays to help you find happy in your music classroom. (laughs) September has been Classical Music Month, and we've been celebrating a little bit here at the Happy Music Teacher Academy, and we've been celebrating in the Happy Music Teacher podcast. Not as much as I wanted to because I got into a deep dive on ways to structure your classroom so that you could have the best success, but I wanted to go ahead and get to that today. So we are gonna take a deep dive into three classical pieces that you can use in your classroom that are going to make your kids say yay instead of ooh every time you put on a piece of classical music because you know what happens, they're like, where are the words or this is boring i mean you can't just let them listen to it they are little kids they do not have that kind of attention span and think about this as well i was thinking about this the other day my son is uh he has just won a job as the principal bassoon player in the mississippi symphony and i got to go and see him two weekends ago, well, about a week and a half, week and a half ago for his first chamber concert. And it was in this absolutely beautiful Renaissance era cathedral. And they were playing Baroque music. And I mean, it was just absolutely awesome. Phenomenal orchestra. And I'm not just saying that because my son is a part of it now. But what I was thinking while I was listening was as a child, as a young adult, as even a, really until I started taking my music classes in my 30s, I did not have an appreciation for classical music. And the reason that I didn't have an appreciation is because I had not trained my ears to recognize the different parts, to recognize different instruments, to kind of listen for the way that that music interweaves into each other that, you know, just 
all of the things, you have to have a trained ear in order to really appreciate, understand, and enjoy classical music. So the only way for our students to enjoy it is for them to really get an experience. And one of the music teachers that I'm currently working with at one of the elementary schools I'm working at does a monthly composer. And I think that is an awesome idea. Right now she's doing Gershwin, which who doesn't love Gershwin? And she was, I happened to walk in to her classroom the other day and she was doing it. And I was like, oh, I need to be doing that too. Cause you know, we're, we're kind of working together. So I, you know, she's giving her students that experience. And I think it's really important to do that. And she had a whole lesson plan that she was doing. And she was also allowing the students to see the orchestra and they they got to kind of act out some of the parts and all that good stuff. So we're going to take a deep dive into three classical pieces that you can use in your classroom to help your students feel more engaged and more excited in your listening lessons. And I'm going to go over some basics on how to use these pieces. But before we do that, let's talk about three tips to choosing music and structuring your listen lessons so that they are exciting and engaging for your students. Number one, you want to choose music that sounds exciting. It does not have to be fast, but I'm going to tell you that the faster music is definitely going to give your students ears more excitement. So definitely if you can possibly choose something that's fast, or perhaps something that has dramatic changes in it. Maybe it goes from soft to loud, or maybe it gets faster, 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 or maybe it goes from slow to fast. Whatever it is, dramatic changes are going to be really fun for your students to listen to. You also want to make sure that it has fun parts to listen to. For example, in the 1812 Overture finale, we all know there are cannons in there, and there's a really awesome YouTube video with the the cannons where you, there's, there's a couple of them actually, but one that I'll link to in the show notes that is a really good one because you actually get to see the cannons going off. So anything like that, that your students get to hear something dramatic that has a fun part to listen to, that maybe has a repeating pattern that's cool to either sing along to or, you know, anything like that, that is going to be good. And then finally, you can choose music that has a story. So the 1812 Overture has a story. The, um, Surprise Symphony has a story to it. So if you can find music that has a story, classical music that has a story, or the composer has a story, or something about it, there's some story element to it, that is going to be pretty awesome. Number two, tip number two, you want to choose music that is familiar to your students. I'm going to link to a blog post that is the 15 most famous tunes in classical music. So here they are. Mozart's Eine kleine Nachtmusik, Beethoven's Für Elise, Puccini, O mio babino caro. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. Hopefully I am. 
J.S. Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor, Beethoven's Symphony No. 5 in C minor, Vivaldi's The Four Seasons, of course, Bizet's Carmen, Johann Strauss II, The Blue Danube, Ravel's Bolero, The Flower Duet by Delibes, and I'm not 100% sure I pronounced that right, because to be honest, I have not heard of that one. I'll have to check it out, and I apologize if I did not pronounce it right. Grieg in the Mahal of the Mountain King from the Peregrine Suite. That is a really good one because it goes faster, faster, faster. Mozart's Overture from the Marriage of Figaro. Puccini's Ne San Dorma. Prokofiev's Dance of the Nights from Romeo and Juliet. And Rossini's Overture from William Tell. I mean, all wonderful, exciting, fun pieces. And I have a little bit of an aside here. You know, I was telling you there were a couple of pieces that I wasn't sure how to pronounce when I was a college student before I literally knew anything about classical music because I was not a music major my first go around. I majored in post-production, television, and radio post-production, and I was working as a radio announcer at a classical music station, and I pronounced, I'm trying to think how I did it, I pronounced um, Shostakovich, I pronounced his last name as Shostakovich, so... <laughs> Uh, my boss came to me the next day and was like, I'm sorry, but really, we need to do some research here. So that was kind of an embarrassing moment for me. But uh, some of these names are hard. And if you are not familiar, you are familiar with classical music, but I was not familiar with classical music. So that is my little, um, I'm just outing myself there as uh, someone who did not really know a lot about classical music before I was a music educator or a music education student, I should say. So tip number three, use all the fun manipulatives to get your students actively engaged and learning. So I love to bring out, I mean, pretty much anything you can bring out. You can bring out your scarves, you can bring out your monkey noodles, you can bring out your super stretchy, you can bring out your streamers, you can bring out costumes, anything that you can use that is going to get your kiddos actively engaged and learning whatever it is you want them to learn. Because remember, we also want them to be learning something. Well, obviously, it's not just let's listen to this music. It's let's find something that we can listen to that is going to give our students a an experience, a, a learning experience, a growing experience. Let's go ahead and take a deep dive into those three pieces. So piece number one is Hungarian dance number five. And I love this piece because you wanna talk about dramatic changes. If you don't know this piece, go and listen to it. It is super short. It is by Johannes Brahms and it is only about three minutes and 26 seconds long and it is so much fun. It goes from soft to loud, from fast to slow. I mean, there are just tons and tons of skills that you can teach using that 
piece. So I've got activities from pre-K all the way through third grade, and I like to use egg shakers and scarves for this experience. If you have streamers, even better. So you're going to start out by just playing the music for your students, and as you're playing it, you're going to ask them to listen carefully for what do we hear here? Do we hear fast music? Do, before, you, before you do this, you're gonna, you know, do a precursor where you say, okay, we are gonna be listening, friends, for is the music loud or soft? Is it fast or slow? Now, if you're teaching littles, then I would say, you know, pre-K, I'm not gonna go into that much about it, and we're not gonna listen first. We're gonna just go right into the experience, but if I'm teaching this to second or third graders, we're gonna listen to it at least. It kind of repeats, the whole form repeats all the way, so you can do like half of it, like a minute and a half-ish, and then just stop there, and then it repeats. So that's kind of fun. So what I like to do is if I've got some of my, you know, second and third graders, I will have them listen and I'll say, okay, I want you to listen for fast and slow. And I also like to hand out signs that have fast on one side and slow on the other. And then they get to hold up their sign when it's fast or slow. So that gives them something to actively engage in as they're listening. If you're doing loud and soft, you can do the same thing. And I would focus on one or the other. I would not focus on both. So decide, okay, we're going to use this for fast and slow. We're going to use this for loud and soft, whatever the case may be. Then you're going to go in and you're going to give out your egg shakers and you're going to remind them about the rules about the egg shakers. And I like to use my egg shakers in two different ways. So we're going to tap on our open palm or we're going to shake. So you go all the way through and your students are gonna follow along. Littles, you're gonna mirror. Actually, what I usually do is we will do this as an experience of let's see who can watch while Mishori is modeling. So you're gonna you're gonna listen to the music, you're gonna tap, you're gonna shake at the appropriate times. And um, for the A section, you're gonna tap for six measures and shake for two measures. Then the B section, you're gonna tap, I like to tap in a circle for four measures, and then we do the shake for two measures. And then you rest for two measures. The C part, the part C, you're going to tap all the way through. And on the D part, you're going to shake for four measures and rest for a measure. Then you're gonna talk about what happened. Next, you're gonna bring out your scarves and you're gonna do a scarf activity. So you're going to, scarves will swing up and down to the steady beat, and then on the last two measures, they're gonna flow overhead. On the second part, you're gonna make giant circles, faster ones, and then very slow ones. On section C, you're gonna do scarf squiggles, and on section D, you're gonna toss your scarf in the air, except for the last two measures where you'll make those squiggles again. And then you're gonna discuss again what happened, how did we use our scarves, did we use them fast or slow, different parts, la la la. So that is the Hungarian dance number five. So the next one that I wanna tell you about is called Little Train of Kepira by Villa Lobos. 
I use this one in pre-K, kindergarten, first grade, sometimes second grade, if you wanted to add some ORF or some percussion instruments. You're gonna talk about walking notes and running notes. You're going to talk about, I use bean bags as an instrument for this. Or you could use sand blocks, but I don't like to pass out lots of sand blocks because you probably know, and if you don't, um, you will know when you get out your sand blocks, that when you when they use the sand blocks, they tend to bang them together instead of just, um, you know, sliding them against each other. So you only, I only hand out maybe six. And then we take turns. Or you can play your triangle like a half note. So I like to pair this piece with a storybook called Whoosh and Chug by Sebastian Braun. And I will tell you how this works. So we start out by singing engine engine number nine and we do all kinds of different body percussion on engine engine number nine. And then I'm gonna get out for my bigger kids, my quarter note, my eighth note, and my half note for my second graders. And I'm going to have my quarter notes and the quarter notes are gonna say chug, 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 chug. Or, you know, you could use a train for chug, chug. And then my eighth notes are gonna be choo, 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 choo. And you can use a train or you can use, you know, whatever you wanted to, small trains, big trains. You could use, um, I don't know, small train tracks, big train tracks, that sort of thing if you don't want to use actual notes. Then I use bean bags and we pass the bean bags back and forth in our hands on the, the chug, 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 and on the choo-choo-choo-choo, we tap the bean bags in our hands. So it's kind of cool. They think it's really cool to use their bean bags. They get that visual, they get the kinesthetic like they can feel it, and they also are saying the chug and the choo-choo. So then I play the little train of Kapira, and every time we do the chug, I point to the quarter note or the visual representation, whatever kind of visual representation of the quarter note, and they say chug. And on the choo-choo parts, they I point to the, the choo-choo visual representation. So we start out with those bean bags, and there are not like, there are some places in the piece where it's slower or faster, and you might want to definitely do the chug or the choo-choo at those different places but there are also places where I usually every like eight measures I go back to chug or I go back to choo-choo that way they don't get bored because you know we have to keep them moving here then the next thing we do is we make a train I bring in my train whistle and every time I blew my train whistle they get to go toot toot like the train and I get to be the engineer and we do the same kind of thing. We go around the room and we chug or we choo-choo. If you have second graders, you can also have your second graders do long steps like chug, chug, and they can use, if you wanted to use sand blocks and triangles, you could do that instead and they could do their chug and their choo-choo for first grade, for second grade, mostly second grade. So that's just some extensions and hopefully that's making sense to you. The next part of this lesson, 
I read Woosh and Chug, and Woosh is a passenger train, and he is a fast train, and Chug is a slow train. He is like a freight train. He's somebody that's doing the work. And every time the Chug goes up there, we use our bean bags and we go Chug, 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 Chug. And every time we see Woosh, we do choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo-choo, just like we did before. So that is kind of what I do with that experience. The third lesson plan that we're going to take a deep dive in is the 1812 Overture Finale. Now, we talked about the 1812 Overture Finale a couple of weeks ago, but probably like last month, maybe four weeks ago. But I wanted to give you some thoughts about how to actually use this lesson plan. So we went through how to tell the story of the 1812 Overture. And I will link to that podcast so that you can go back and listen to it because we talked all about how to use the elements of a story in a listening lesson and how that would work. But today what I'd like to do is I'd like to take you through the actual lesson plan. So you're gonna start out by reading the story. Now I have that lesson plan and I will be linking it for you. I've got a little bundle for you, a little special for you. It's on sale this month and it is one of three. So all three of the lesson plans that I'm talking about, you will be able to get in my website shop. So, and, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But if you don't have time to go to the show notes, you can just go to storiesthatsing.net forward slash shop and you will find it in there. It is called Fun Classical Music Activities Bundle. And there are the three listening lessons that I have mentioned are all in there. So we read that story of the 1812 Overture. We discuss the elements of the story, the character, the setting, the plot, the conflict, the resolution. And then we listen to the finale and I like to point out the structure of the piece. So I use the elements of the story to help me with this discussion. And then we do some scarf movement. So the way it's gonna work is we go over those sections and we listen to the piece and we talk about the, the form of the piece and we talk about how to recognize the form and then we listen to the piece again and this time I'm going to model the scarves for each section so I you've got a couple of different options here you can either model it and just do it as you're modeling it or you can tell your students okay on section a we're going to do this on section b we're going to do this etc etc so however you want to do that then you're going to play the piece and you're going to use those scarves for each section when the piece is over you're going to invite your students to turn and talk to a shoulder partner about one thing they liked about the about the scarf movement now you can extend this one with rhythm sticks frame drums, or bouncy balls. So what you would do here is you would review the different sections of the music and the form. You would model the ways to use the bouncy balls for each section, and then you're gonna rehearse it and you're gonna perform it. And then you could also do frame drums. So I love to use frame drums, rhythm sticks, maracas, um, bells. So you can rehearse each section of this and you can perform it with the music. So 
there's lots and lots of different things you can do. And what I like to do is I like to create a rhythm. So what I like to do is create a rhythm for each part of the form and you use that rhythm with your bouncy balls, with your frame drums, whatever it happens to be. So there are lots and lots of ways that you can use this piece and it just lots of good stuff. Let's go back real quickly and review those three tips that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. Number one, choose music that sounds exciting. It has fun parts to listen to. It has a story. It has dramatic changes in it from fast to slow, loud to soft. Maybe it keeps getting faster, faster, faster. Choose music that is familiar to your students that they're like, oh, I know this. And then number three, use all the fun manipulatives. Get them all out and get your students actively engaged. Those are going to be the keys when you're creating listening lessons. If you got some great tips and tidbits that are going to help you become a happy music teacher, I would be so thankful if you'd leave me a review. Thanks so much for your time. Well, that's all I have for you today. But before I go, let me remind you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep being fabulous you.